Greetings. I'm Matt Matthews, one of the pastors here at First Pres in Champaign, and I'm happy to welcome you to our media ministry. Join us in person. We're located at the intersection of Church and State Streets, adjacent to Westside Park in downtown Champaign. Our traditional worship service is at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and on most of those Sundays, we offer French translation. Our contemporary services on Sunday begin at 11.15 a.m. When you come to First Pres, what you'll find, what I hope you'll find, is a community of people who support each other and who are passionate about making a difference in our community and beyond. You'll find relevant teaching for children and adults. We have at least a dozen Bible studies in small groups, including pickleball, that's right, pickleball, adult choir, a bell choir for all comers, and other programs and events designed to grow your faith and give you and me opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning, it is a a familiar though disturbing passage from the 15th chapter of Matthew. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from the region came out started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged Jesus, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take uh, the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who do we want to welcome into the church of Jesus Christ? Thank you for that answer. Of course, everyone, everyone. But I'm asking you a trick question, one that I think is seeded by this this really disturbing story in the 15th chapter of Matthew. Who do we really want to welcome into the church of Jesus Christ? Do we want to welcome everybody? This is a question that gets at our prejudice. It gets at our prejudice. Pardon me? We, we want to welcome those who are not sinners? We, we, we probably want to welcome sinners too. Okay. Is this my sermon or yours? <laughs> The, the, it's a trick question, okay? We, we, of course, we want to welcome everybody. Your hearts are in the right place. You are exactly right. But I want to ask you the darker question that sometimes we think in the back of our heads, I think. And that is, do we really want to welcome everybody? Do we want, really want to welcome children, for example? Imagine if this sanctuary were filled with young children. That would be lovely, we would say. But many of us believe children are to be seen, not heard. And if we welcome children and there'd be a commotion all the time, they'd be coloring masterpieces and squirming. And we, in order to hear the sermon, would have to come all the way up to the front of the sanctuary. 
And we all know Presbyterians don't sit on the front rows of the sanctuary. So do we really want to welcome everybody into the church of Jesus Christ? I think the darker part of this question is complicated for us because I think our first yes is a strong one, of course, but our second yes, maybe not so much. If a bunch of 30-somethings joined our church all of a sudden, they might uh, want to hire a rock and roll band for worship. I think Joe would look good in leotards. If we welcomed our Afghani brothers and sisters, our refugees from Afghanistan, well, they don't speak our language, and, and while we would like to welcome them, much, there's much about their custom we don't understand, and, and, and that might be difficult. Do we really want to welcome everyone? Some people like praising God by clapping their hands, and other people like praising God in silence. Of course we want to welcome people who kind of think like us and who have similar experiences than us and value the same sorts of things we value. Of course we want to welcome them. But what about the others? We know we're supposed to welcome the whole wide world. We know that you are right. That is correct. But do we really, really always want to? Our first yes to this question is a loud one. Of course, we want to welcome everybody. But our second yes is a little more subdued. We have, in truth, some reservations, perhaps. Who do we want to welcome into the church of Jesus Christ? In our reading from Matthew's Gospel, we're given a powerful story to help us tinker with this exact question. An outsider approaches Jesus and asks that he heal her daughter who is possessed by a demon. She's troubled. She needs help. And she, this woman, does what any woman would do. She seeks to, to have help for her child. The problem with this person is that she's sort of a, a triple outsider on account of her gender. I mean, she's a woman in a patriarchal day. Uh, she... She is of a different ethnicity. She has different cultural and religious affiliations, which is to say she's a Canaanite woman. This is how one commentator uh, speaks of this text. Jesus' attitude and language in his encounter with the Canaanite woman is shocking. She is simply seeking deliverance for her demon-possessed daughter, and yet he calls her a dog, a name that his fellow Jews routinely gave to Gentile pagans. First, Jesus is silent in the face of her cries, refusing even to acknowledge her. Then Jesus says that his mission is only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And finally, he tells her that the food for the children should not be thrown to the dogs, to people like her, people who aren't Israelite. Some say this scene catches Jesus with his compassion down. That is, he is forced to confront his own prejudice. And so in a, an unusual reversal of roles, the teacher is the one here being taught. The teacher here learns from this outsider, learns from her, the Canaanite woman, the need to broaden his mission, to include hospitality to everyone, even those outside of the house of Israel. Other commentators say, no, Jesus is fully in command of this situation. He wanted the scene to unfold the way it unfolded. 
He treats the woman roughly, just as leaders of his, of his ilk would be expected to. He hopes that she will confront him with his rudeness, with his prejudice, and she does. And then, being so confronted, he uses this moment as a teaching moment for his disciples. And what a teaching moment it is. It appears Jesus won't welcome this outsider. It appears he won't give this outsider the time of day. He ignores her at first. It appears Jesus will reject her. But instead, as the story unfolds, Jesus is impressed by this woman, impressed by her faith, impressed by her tenacity, and he extends God's welcome to her, healing her and her child. Jesus makes even outsiders whole and this was his point and this is what he'd hoped would unfold and it did who do we want to welcome into the church of Jesus Christ well everybody of course we want to welcome everybody but but really in this text we meet a woman whom Jesus himself seems reluctant to welcome he she's a Canaanite woman but reluctant or not he does welcome her And this question asks us to consider our own reluctance, our own reserve, the way we hold people at arm's length away. He welcomes her, this dog, this woman he calls a dog. He welcomes her. He welcomes this outsider. Matthew's gospel was written by a Jew about a Jew. Uh, for a Jewish audience. And those people in Jesus' audience would expect Rabbi Jesus to reject this woman as he does. And they would understand and anticipate this exclusion of this woman. But these people would also be radically shocked by his reversal, by his welcoming her. This is a shock that would have taken them, uh, made them off balance that he welcomes an outsider. And this shock, coupled with all of the other shocks, coupled with all of the other times, little and big, that Jesus turns the world upside down, this would get Jesus crucified. But she's included. She's welcomed. Her daughter is healed. Her faith is rewarded. Jesus' understanding of what he calls the kingdom of God or the kingdom of God, the reign of God, seems to include not only Jews but Gentiles, not only men but women, not only free uh, but slave, not only adults but children, not only abled but differently abled, not only locals but out-of-towners. People from Iowa are welcomed in this place. All people, all comers, all abilities, all thoughts. We are a big tent, red and yellow, black and white, left wing and right wing, and everybody in between are welcomed to this place, the living body of Jesus the Christ. That's what he's demonstrating. He would welcome even a Canaanite woman. She has no name. She doesn't appear elsewhere in Scripture, I don't think. She disappears But she wrestled with Jesus like Jacob wrestled with God on the river Jabbok, right there on the banks there. She came for a blessing. She would not be sent away empty-handed. She would not be demeaned or forced to remain silent. 
If we're looking for strong women in Scripture, we never have to look far. But we certainly can look here and find one. She wanted in. She stood up to be counted. And she was. She was counted. She mattered. She was welcomed. Jesus himself made it clear, crystal clear, that she was part of God's family. She and her child had a place at the table. Who do we want to welcome into the church of Jesus Christ? There are a lot of people in our community who believe they would not find a welcome in this place for whatever reason. We're a big church or we're a white church or we're an African church. But this church isn't for me. I wouldn't feel welcomed here. They wouldn't welcome me in this place. There are a lot of people in our community who don't know who we are or what we are or even where we are. Right outside those doors downstairs on State Street, the big, beautiful green doors, uh, below those gorgeous windows, I was loading something in one day, I don't know what it was, and a man walked by and he said, hello, and I said, hello, and he asked, what is this place? And I looked at him and I asked him, well, what do you think it is? And he looked up to those windows and he said, a mall? We're not a mall. We're not a museum. We're not a condominium. We're a church. And people in our immediate community pass by this place every day and they don't know. They've not been invited. The doors have not been open when they've walked by. I invited him to come to join us and that was two years ago. He hasn't been since, I don't think, but maybe one day. I hope one day. There are a lot of people in this community who are unchurched or de-churched or anti-church or ex-church. They've been hurt by the church. They've been molested by the church. They've been neglected by the church. They have been, their minds have been, um, they've been preyed upon by the church in all kinds of ways. We live in a culture that is post-Christendom, post-denominational, post-modern, and some would say we're part of a church that needs a post-mortem. If we are to welcome the whole world into our fellowship, this church, how? How? That's one reason I'm glad today to welcome Joe Lundy as uh, soon to be our associate pastor for discipleship. Single-handedly, like a Christian superman, Joe will do this. (laughs) This unassuming young man is going to do this. Amen. He studied evangelism at Austin Seminary. He understands hospitality. Soon this church will be bursting at the seams because Joe is going to welcome the whole wide world in. He's going to stand at the door and shake hands with all the friends he's been meeting, streaming into this sanctuary. Joe knows Jesus welcomes everybody, and Joe's going to tell the neighborhood that Jesus wants to get to know you better. And these neighbors will rejoice in Joe's kind, heartfelt invitation. All we need to do is sit back and watch. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. No pressure. Of course, that's not how it's going to go down. You, the people of Jesus the Christ, members of 
Jesus' church in this world are going to come alongside and work with Him and me and us. And together, by God's grace, things will continue to happen in this place. These doors will continue to swing both ways, welcome people in, continually will grow, will wonder, will ask the questions of faith. You are going to take on new responsibilities that you've never thought you could do before, that you don't feel called or equipped to take, but one day you're going to say yes to something you never imagined saying yes to before. That's what's going to happen. What's going to happen in the coming days is the sorts of things that's been happening in the church of Jesus Christ from the beginning. The story's going to be shed. Hands are going to be shaken. Sick people are going to find a cool rag We're going to put it on their forehead. We're going to welcome the world in. Our associate pastor of discipleship is called, of course, to help us think about hospitality, to help us get into the neighborhoods around us, the neighborhoods that don't know us, I'll add. Joe is called to help enliven our fellowship with one another and also our fellowship beyond these doors. He's helped, uh, called to help us energize our welcome. Um, he's called to encourage us and to work alongside of us as we sit down at the curb with a neighborhood filled with Canaanite women who before this moment haven't felt welcomed anywhere. Joe is being called to help us ask questions. Why do we do it this way and not that way? Uh, What excites us about ministry? How does God want us to use our gifts in the ministry of this church? What does the future church even look like? Dare we imagine it? How might our hearts need to change? Tell me more about your history. Tell me more about your family. What brought you here? What keeps you here? How is God's Spirit moving here in this time, in this place? How do you think it is? How do you think it's moving? Do you really trust God? What does church growth even look like? What's the difference between the church and the institutional church? What's the difference between the institutional church and the church? Are we willing to try, fail, and fail better next time? What excites us about ministry? What frightens us? Where have we been paralyzed? Where have we grown apathetic? How is God calling us to get out of the boat and step out on the waves? God has gifted us with Joe. He's not a miracle worker, but he is, and so are you. We have been participating in the miracle of sharing God's love with the world our whole lives. We will continue to do that, and that makes us miracle workers. Say, I am a miracle worker. I am a miracle. Now say it like you mean it. You are. We are. God continues to do great things through this place, large and small, bearing witness to the world of God's healing touch and love. God has gifted us with Joe. God has gifted us with each other. There's a place at the table for him and us and everybody. Welcome, world. Welcome, Joe. And thanks be to God. Amen. 
Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.